All right, welcome back. I know what you're thinking. What was that last episode? Didn't you just repeat that? Well, that's my experience with PTSD. <laughs> the story repeats sometimes, but I did want to cover some of those details and go over that form. So, um, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of that uh, hold. Back in my place. Get my dog back. I go pick him up from, like, I guess a friend of my sister's. I'm pissed. My aunt had come and got me and and drove me home. So now it's like, well, (laughs) uh, I'm clearly under attack here. I mean, they actually had me taken away. And then those people are like, yeah, you shouldn't have been here. Obviously, that's not really the issue. It was an amazing distraction, way to silence me, all these things, but it's not the issue. But this happens, you know, the big event was um, March 3rd, 2015, and I spend weeks uh, in, you know, not a great place, (coughs) excuse me, and I'm being told a million different things. You can't even pin it down. It's like a, it's something that scam artists do. They're just like creating all this different noise. So I, you know, everything's a, a straw man. I can't, if they bring up one thing, I, I try to defend it and, and, you know, um, the target moves on me. So uh, I do need their support though. Their support as a family, and I need their financial support to make this transition in my life. I, um, <laughs> this guy Chris Bennett is an interventionist who knew my sister Alicia professionally. Guy from San Diego. Let me just read this form, the contract that he sent me. It says, Chris Bennett Interventions. And below, Interventions-treatment-consulting-transportation. <laughs> I mean, I get that getting people to treatment is, is a big component. Yeah, all right. Anyway, um, my mom and stepdad, my sisters are now, we're just now not talking. I can't, I can't get a response. I don't think I want one. Well, my mom and my stepdad are saying you need you need to go in and and get therapy and and we need to figure this out. I'm telling them you guys need to go get therapy. So they they hire this interventionist, a a neutral party, I'm sure. And he writes up this agreement. Uh, this is April thirteenth, twenty fifteen. So a little bit of time's passed, and basically saying. Um, the agreement itself is in place to ensure a clear understanding of what is being agreed upon and what parties are, are agreeing to support. Joan and Mike Tracy agree to the following. To begin work with Jennifer, uh, Jennifer T. She's a therapist that works for the interventionist or with, with him. Starting with the 12-week family program. So they're going to do 12 weeks of therapy. 
They're going to follow any recommendations provided by this woman for ongoing therapeutically oriented work. And they're going to allow Chris Bennett, the interventionist, to ensure attendance in all sessions. <laughs> like, okay. Dave Armstrong agrees to go enter the Lindner Center of Hope in technically Mason, Ohio. That was Cleveland. On Wednesday, April 15th for a period of no less than 17 days to sign the necessary release of information at this facility only specifically for the discharge plan and discharge recommendations to Christopher Bennett. So I'm signing away all the information. Now, let's go back. Chris Bennett does interventions, treatment consulting, and transportation. He doesn't do therapy He's not a lawyer. Why is this guy getting all these records? Well, obviously he gets them and they would go to my parents because he works for them. But again, he's not even a therapist. Nothing. He's the guy that shows up, tries to convince your kid that to like stop doing whatever they're doing and, and go with him and go get healthy. Uh, number three, to follow the discharge plan and discharge recommendations by the Linder Center of Hope, specifically without alteration. Four, to release records from Linder Center to the next step directly to ensure smooth continuity of care. So they're already saying, like, we want you to go to a place and then we want you to go to another place. Holy shit. And then number five, to sign a release of information at the next step for Christopher Bennett to only ensure attendance, to sign a release of information at the next step. I don't know what that means. Like the next facility or, I mean, basically sign everything away, go to this place and go to another place. And they're going to start doing therapy. Okay. Why would they do that? And I do, you know, what's this all for? If all of the above is met in full compliance, Joan and Mike Tracy agree to the following. <laughs> full financial support for Dave, including but not limited to rent expense, car payment for current car, car insurance, reasonable daily living expenses, food, gas, utilities, to be agreed upon by Dave Armstrong and Chris Bennett interventions. Financial support will be based on a, uh, based on a month-to-month basis until Dave is Fully on his feet financially. Signed by Joan and Mike Tracy. Um, I remember being furious at this for a bunch of obvious reasons. Uh, I mean, it was like, well, what is the actual support? To be agreed upon. Between me and Chris Bennett? What? The guy who does interventions and transportation? <laughs> Why, how is he going to help me pick or like get to a number what, what financial support would be on a month to month basis yikes although it does say until Dave is fully on his feet financially um, I sign this and go to Linder Center And, um, yeah, signed up for 17 days. 
they actually, uh, it's a diagnostic place. So they're done their diagnosis uh, within the first 10 days. They give like the formal um, assessment. And they let me go home. It's seven days early because they're like, look, here's the assessment. You don't need to be here. Do you want to go home? Yeah. Yeah, I want to go home. Uh, this is like technically, according to the Tracy's, a breach of the contract because I signed up to go for 17 days. I didn't escape. I didn't end my treatment early. I went and got the diagnosis. They said, all right, man, you want to go home? Yeah, go for it. They weren't even going to buy me a ticket home at first. I think maybe my dad had to buy me the ticket home. Because I'm like, you don't get it. They don't want me here. <laughs> like, I'm discharged. All right. Next video, I'm going to go over the actual assessments because I got checked a million different ways. If you want to skip that, you don't think it's interesting, I think it is. I think it's honestly pretty entertaining. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll move on with the story. Thanks for listening. All righty. This is the complete psychology assessment from the Lindner Center of Hope, Sibsi House. And we're going to go through a litany of different uh, highly trained professionals who've done their, you know, individual assessments. And starting with, um, filed on 522.15 by the psychologist Schweinberg. Neuro uh, psychology assessment, the neuropsychological testing estimated that Mr. Armstrong's intellectual skills were in the superior range, 97th percentile, with verbal and nonverbal reasoning being relatively evenly developed. His executive functioning, which involves planning, organizing, and problem solving, was within normal limits. His attention and working memory were in the high average to superior ranges, while his language functioning was superior. His verbal memory was uh, only below average to average. Yeah, all right. He performed better on a list learning task than on a story learning task. And perhaps the additional information <clears throat> presented during the stories made his encoding and retrieval of this information more difficult. There were no deficits in Mr. Armstrong's visuospatial perception and construction, and his memory for visual details was good. Generally speaking, Mr. Armstrong's neurocognitive functioning was generally intact, although he did exhibit unexpected weakness in verbal memory, which, while not concerning, suggests that his chronic can cannabis use, uh, sorry, abuse, could be impacting the quality of his verbal memory. Perhaps. I'm also pretty stressed out. Personality assessment. Personality testing suggests that uh, Mr. Alexander, jeez, man, quite a typo, is not currently experiencing any significant emotional distress. I, I don't agree with that. Such as anxiety and depression. Okay. I, I agree with that, I guess. His responses suggested that he may be like those individuals who experience internalized resentment, anger, and distrust of others. These can be oversensitive. These people, these people, 
These people can be oversensitive to criticism from others and maybe quick to feel implied rejection or criticism. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. They may be vulnerable to overgeneralizing and jump to conclusions based on inadequate information. These personality features could be secondary to the experience of trauma. They, almost, they <clears throat> may also pro uh, project blame for problems onto others and may have limited insight into their own difficulties. He and his mother expressed appreciation for this feedback. All right, that's the full report from um, one of the main psychologists there, page one. Page two uh, submitted 5-4. 2015 by Schneider, who is a therapist there. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just uh, kind of some, uh, some highlights. His stated goal was to establish diagnostic clarity. He completed all assessments, projective testing, and self-reporting evaluations. He actively participated in all the expressive groups offered to him. His evaluations and self-reports indicated issues with anxiety, fears, and depression. His work and expressions about it depicted his fears and over, quote, over-trusting, end quote, others. His strengths were identified in his intelligence, salesmanship, leadership skills, and organization. He was most challenged by his indecisiveness, difficulty with math, uh, trust, and too much optimism. Finishes the report. Recommendations were suggested in areas regarding his need for self-regulation and outlets addressing his PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Physical fitness and active uh, sport outlets were recommended. Positive feedback was shared with David regarding his self-awareness and desire to improve insight-oriented self-care and peer encouragement. It's quite a sense. He was also encouraged to establish a uh, a daily routine inclusive of written schedule with independent activities encouraging the growth of a more expansive system. This guy, this lady can write. She finishes her assessment with, it was a pleasure to work with David. Well, I remember you and it was a pleasure to work with you as well. Uh, Miss McCarthy is a social worker. She did a... Um, She's also a life skills development coach. I don't know how to read this. Uh, this doesn't six out of thirty. I don't know if that. What's what are the ranges? Okay, nine out of twenty-five. In any case. Simple stuff, it states, strengths, relationship with his father is very strong, behavioral health, David shared that he has no issues, risk behaviors, none noted. Overall recommendations, patient was encouraged to continue to keep in front of him where he's headed and long-term what he wants. Patient will need to continue to work on relationships with family, especially with the financial support that is being provided currently. Yeah. Patient did not report much that that was an issue to him at the time, but he'll get uh, coaching information moving forward if he finds himself in a place where he's looking for a job as opposed to starting his next business. Patient is not sure at this point what this would be, but will follow up as needed. So that's kind of just, it's not a super intensive. Uh, 
diagnosis. Diagnosis. Uh, it's by Mr. Grossi, who's also a social worker here, filed on 42815. Uh, Sipsy House is a comprehensive diagnostic assessment and short-term intensive program at the Linder Center of Hope that specializes in comprehensive diagnostic assessments and programming for individuals faced with mental illness and addiction disorders. Once admitted to Sipsy House, each client is seen by members of their treatment team, which will include the client's uh, psychiatrist, master's level social worker, doctorate level or licensed therapist, expressive therapist, and nutritionist. The client's treatment team provides a thorough clinical assessment with focus on the individual's current mental status and level of functioning. Additionally, the treatment team reviews past treatments and provides evidence-based recommendations, which include uh, psychopharmological and non-pharmacological options. Each Sipsy House client is seen by an internist to evaluate for any underlying me medical conditions which could contribute to the presenting psychiatric symptoms. Additionally, a neurologist is available to perform a complete neurological consultation to assess for any underlying neurological causes that could exacerbate psychiatric symptoms. As part of the diagnostic assessment, a structured clinical interview for DSM disorders, SCID1, and personality disorders are performed. At Sipsy House, treatment modalities include individual group family and milieu therapy, dialectal behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. So that's not even so much about me, but you're getting the idea on this place. They are checking everything. That's what this, this is like the place to go if you genuinely have something wrong and don't know what's going on. I know what's going on. Um, upon completion of the diagnostic assessment, the client and treatment team discuss the treatment recommendations. If the client is enrolled in the 10-day diagnostic program, these recommendations may include an extended stay. These re recommendations may also include referrals to one or more of the following options. A different level of residential treatment, meaning like uh, something more intense. A partial hospitalization program. An intensive outpatient program. An individual therapist. And a psychiatrist. So, they're going to, it's not like some facility where they just kind of always send people to the next step or whatever. They're looking for like, do, do you need... 24-hour care, should you be going to a therapist once or twice a week, but they're going to figure it out. All right, next one. This is also performed by uh, the same uh, grassy, grossy social worker. Dave Armstrong is a 26-year-old male admitted to the Sipsy House on 4 uh, 2015 for the 17-day Sipsy House program. Mr. Armstrong came to the Sipsy House as a result of an intervention initiated by his biological mother and stepfather and facilitated by interventionist Chris Bennett. He does transportation, too. Mr. Armstrong informed intake he did not want to come for treatment, but did it to, quote, appease his parents and retain their financial support. He also stated that he was coming to Sipsy House to work on childhood trauma. He acknowledged using alcohol and marijuana daily, Mr. Armstrong noted that he was not interested in the Sipsy House addressing his drug or alcohol use. 
I was I was there to get to work on the trauma. For sure. The tester noted that Mr. Armstrong was fully oriented and put forth consistent effort across all testing measures. Mr. Armstrong attended all of his one-on-one meetings with the psychiatrist, individual therapist, and DBT skills coach. Mr. Armstrong participated in the therapeutic milieu. All right. We're getting to the, the, the drama. The end of this day is what they're about to tell about. A feedback session was held on 42415. Mr. Armstrong was present for the session. His father, aunt, his sister, and uncle, her husband, participated via teleconference. The neuropsychologist provided a verbal... Sorry about that disconnect. I got a call and uh, it stopped my recording. But to pick up... This is the feedback session. Mr. Armstrong was present for the session. His father, aunt, and uncle participated via teleconference. The neuropsychologist provided a verbal summary of the testing results. The individual therapist shared the content of the therapy sessions. The psychiatrist shared her diagnostic formulation, revealed the results of the medical follow-up, and discussed medication regime. The social worker relayed the recommendations of the treatment team. These recommendations included short-term residential treatment with a facility that specializes in trauma or trauma-focused therapy in an outpatient setting. Let me repeat that. These recommendations included short-term residential treatment in a facility that specializes in trauma as opposed to a facility that might be geared towards like addiction and so forth or trauma-focused therapy in an outpatient setting. The team also called the patient's mother to review the findings. So basically, you know, it's all these doctors come together to do this call and I, I'm basically like, can you do it twice? Can you do that, this half-hour presentation really first? You know, do the real one for my, my dad and my aunt and uncle so they know everything's cool and I'm fine. And then let's do this bullshit abuse conversation uh, with my mom. So team also called the patient's mother to view the findings. The team informed the patient's mother of the diagnosis, diagnosis and treatment recommendations. It was emphasized that the decision about aftercare arrangements should be David's choice. It was emphasized that the decision about aftercare arrangements should be David's choice. The team shared that Mr. Armstrong was chosen to leave at the end, sorry, has chosen to leave at the end of his 10th day rather than stay for another week. Diagnosis, uh, discharge diagnosis and plan, substance use disorder, aerophobia, fear of planes, and narcissistic personality traits, not disorder. Settle down. Mr. Armstrong declined the option to participate in ongoing residential treatment. Why am I going to stay and hang out for another week? Why? The social worker provided him with contact information for individual therapists in Denver, Colorado that specialize in trauma. He was also given the contact information of residential facilities if he chooses to pursue this level of care in the future. Thank you for that evaluation, sir. All right, moving on. Mr. Dowdy, psychologist. Nice guy, too. Mr. David Armstrong was admitted to the Linder Center of Hope, Sipsy House, for a clinical diagnostic assessment, CDA. That's why I'm there. I'm there for an assessment. Because I'm crazy. Um, 
Mr. Armstrong came to Sipsy House as a result of an intervention by his family. He was admitted hesitant. He was admittedly hesitant and angry about being pressured into treatment. Skip ahead. At the core, Mr. Armstrong acknowledged that the sexual abuse by his older stepbrother was an issue. His family's response to the abuse is presently the most painful aspect for, for Mr. Armstrong. He shared that their wish for him to forgive his stepbrother and not go public with the abuse was his family's primary motivation for sending him to Sibsey House. Mr. Armstrong expressed concern that his stepbrother was a threat to the community. He also shared his desire for justice. Mr. I'm skipping ahead. Mr. Armstrong's testing revealed that he psychologically protects himself from vulnerable feelings with a narcissistic defense. Yeah, that's fair. Skipping ahead, it is recommended that Mr. Armstrong continue with individual therapy. He ends with, lastly, a life of abstinence from substances is also recommended. Mr. Armstrong's potential for dependence is high, and he will have much more success working on the above issues with a clear and present mind. Overall, it was a pleasure working with Mr. Armstrong. If this writer or Sipsy House can be a resource, please do not hesitate to call. I almost got choked up there. Thank you, doctor. Sincerely. All right, we're getting there. There's a uh, nutritionist, registered, sorry, dietitian. I gained five and a half pounds when I was there, but they weren't really concerned about my nutrition. Uh, Kasudo, physician, MD. This is her summary. Admission date 415, discharge 425. Diagnosis on admission. They do one on admission. And then they do one when you get discharged. On admission, access one, cannabis abuse, alcohol abuse, aerophobia, some SI-SX of PTSD. Access two, narcissistic personality traits, uh, OCD personality traits. Access three, synovial sarcoma, it's the cancer. Access four, economic problems, occupational problems, problems with primary support group, and remote history of abuse. Access five, 61 through 70 mild symptoms. Don't know what that means. Reason for admission. David was required to attend the program as a condition of receiving ongoing financial support from his mother and stepfather. Hospital course. Patient is 26-year-old male who presents with a remote history of sexual abuse by his stepbrother. He was admitted on a voluntary basis. Uh, though under the conditions mentioned above. David was seen and evaluated by a multidisciplinary treatment team. In this evaluation, David was open and cooperative despite the unusual circumstances of his admission. It's an interesting thing to put in the report. He's open and cooperative despite the unusual circumstances of his admission. Huh. Nutrition. Uh, sorry, consultations, nutrition, no recommendations. The internist reported no significant findings. The neurologist found no abnormalities, made no recommendations. EKGs, normal. SCID, I don't know what that is, but uh, PTSD symptoms. Oh, it's a diagnostic. Uh, may not fully meet criterion OCPD traits and narcissistic traits. Traits, not disorder. Relax. David had few specific complaints. He was found to require very little sleep. He denied manic symptoms, though he has high energy and is very creative and industrious. 
Collateral information collected from his aunt and father confirmed this history. Yeah. I've got energy. He, and I'm industrious. Um, he received education regarding sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene is not what you think it is, but you should Google it. And took melatonin for sleep. During the stay, he talked in general terms about the abuse. He focused on family stress, largely involving the disclosure about the abuse and his plans to pursue legal action against the perpetrator, his stepbrother, which led to a strong uh, family reaction. He also spoke of stress related to a failed business venture due to his partner's chemical dependency. Yeah. And the LSE is going through bankruptcy. Not that. I think he took a, she took a misnote there. Uh, there's no bankruptcy, but he chose to pursue outpatient therapy as treatment for trauma-related problems and family-related stress rather than residential treatment. I, that's an interesting statement, too. This is an MD. He chose to pursue outpatient treatment for trauma-related problems and family-related stress. Yeah. That's what I need help with. Consults. Um, no prescriptions prior to admission, discharge medication list, start taking these. Uh, they prescribed me vitamin D for deficiency and then continue taking these, which is not changed via diazepam volume, 10 milligrams by mouth every six hours as needed for anxiety until discontinued historical med. Rationale for medical changes, vitamin D added due to deficiency. Uh, pertinent physical findings, NA, pertinent lab testing findings, vitamin D's low, uh, hematocrit was high, I don't know, I don't know, and then tox screen was positive for benzos and THC going in, so the volume and cannabis, uh, mental status evaluation, appearance, age appropriate, uh, speech, normal pitch, normal volume, behavior, mood, affect, thought process, thought content, Normal, 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 normal. Sensorium, person, place, time, situation, where I'm at, memories intact, cognition, gifted in a, no, a number of neurological areas. Go on. Uh, insight, some limitations, judgment, some limitations. And then the discharge diagnosis. So that's all, you know, coming in, going out. It's the same things, same accesses. Condition on discharge, stable. Thank you, Dr. Casuto, sincerely. Alrighty, um, I also met with uh, a neurologist. The neurologist has noted that I am drinking 35 cans of beer a week. Yeah, I mean, got to get sleep somehow. Um, that was a lot. That's nowhere near what my mom drinks on a normal week when nothing crazy is going on. 35 cans of beer. I mean, if my mom drinks a minimum of two bottles of wine, minimum, a night, it's like seven or eight glasses, you know, so that translates to a beer. So, oh, yeah, I mean, my mom's, yeah, we're, I mean, we're talking mid-50s a week. Yeah. Um, neurological examination. He's going, I mean, everything's normal, but he's like mental status, cranial nerve, strength deep tendon reflexes, sensory, cerebular, tone, gait, negative, Romberg. Assessment. 
Here's the end assessment. David Cameron Armstrong, 26-year-old man. Today's neurological history and physical examination is within normal limits. I would recommend continued psychiatric therapy as outlined by per the psychiatric team. Recommendations. No further neurological workup is needed at this time. Please feel free to contact me with any questions or concerns. Richard Curry, MD. Thank you, doctor. I met with an internist. Metna, MD, on 417, 26-year-old man. Comes to Sipsy House at the behest of his mother and stepfather for a diagnostic assessment. Denies having any psychiatric symptoms. Well, you're an internist. Let's get to that. Vitals, general appearance, alert, cooperative, no distress, appears, stated age. Um, yeah. So not a lot going on internally, so it's kind of there's nothing really to say. But they, you know, you check head, eyes, throat, neck, back, lungs, heart, abdomen, extremities, pulses, neurologic, skin. They got all these lab tests that they do. Assessment slash plan at the end of this just says mood disorder treatment and medications per psychiatry, and then alcohol abuse behavioral therapy. That's it. There you go. This guy was definitely the most disinterested of everybody, and I like this note because this is the only note like this in any this whole report. But he, he writes. Total time spent on the admission of this patient was greater than 35 minutes, including time spent interviewing and examining the patient, reviewing the medical data, and completing the electronic medical record. That, I guarantee you, is a note that gets him paid a little more. I bet it's like if it takes 34 minutes to get to do this, you get 250 bucks. It takes 35 minutes, we're giving you 500. So he's like, oh, I'm gonna put a little note there. It took me more than 35 minutes. Okay, thanks. Nutritional assessment, uh, registered dietitian, Pendleton, um, in the acceptable weight range. There's the, another issue of labs and the Hemocrit's high, a little high. I don't know what Hemocrit is. I didn't bring it up. Can't be that big of a deal. Um, symptoms impacting nutrition, none. Eating disorder, no. Level of nutrition risk, low. Nutritional diagnosis. No nutritional diagnosis at this time. Recommendations. Nutrition consult complete. All right. Uh, another meeting with a social worker, Morasco. Mr. David Armstrong was admitted to the Sipsy House at the Linder Center of Hope. I hope they copy and paste that. Through an intervention by Mr. Chris Bennett, interventionist, transportation. He also does children's parties this was initiated by his family in order for him to continue to receive financial assistance from the family he has agreed to complete a 17-day stay including the comprehensive diagnostic assessment and follow through with the team's treatment recommendations for aftercare he would also like to address childhood trauma the family would like him to address alcohol and marijuana abuse interesting statement he would like to address childhood trauma the family would like him to address alcohol and marijuana abuse also, he acknowledges sleep issues and anxiety. There's a bunch of stuff. Social history, significant relationships, abuse, trauma, educational history, vocational history, legal, military history, spirituality, social support, substance abuse, family and individual mental health. He believes that his mother is bipolar disorder. I later learned it's, uh, I mean, it's most likely borderline personality di uh, disorder, which is uh, it's not better. Might be worse in terms of 
having a, that kind of, that, you know, in your family. Uh, his father has struggled with depression, and anxiety. My dad would just randomly tell me like, Hey, just, uh, I had some, you know, I had some tough times where I was sad for months and I was like, all right, thanks man. All right. All right. Uh, he believe, uh, sorry, the middle sister is medically treated for anxiety and depression. He believes that both sisters have PTSD untreated. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. He has received no mental health or substance abuse treatment. He began having PTSD symptoms after high school graduation. That would be like the Miami revelation. He'd like to address this while here. Currently, he is defensive about substance abuse and not ready to address it. What are you talking about? He has not had an experience of adults listening and respecting his understanding and experience within his family. He was encouraged to utilize this time at Sibsi to receive that respect and treatment that he has not found up until now. Thank you. And then, uh, you know, I got a form heading out the door. It's basically the after visit summary. Also done by Casuto MD. David was provided outpatient therapist who specialized in trauma. Also, he was given information on residential treatment if he chooses to need this in the future. The team agreed that he could leave after his 10-day comprehensive assessment. The team agreed. Medication list, again, vitamin D. The diazepam I have on me really for the flight there and back. Problem list as of 425.15. Alcohol use disorder, comma, moderate, comma, in controlled environment. And then marijuana use. There you go. That's the problem list. Give me a prescription for vitamin D. Um, and I'm out the door. Now, one, one last page, because I had, you know, they, they gave the, the formal breakdown first to my dad, my aunt, my uncle, and then they do it again for my mom. I took notes on this. This is 3-24-15. Um, one of the doctors says, quote, no disorders, substance, psychological, neurological, etc." The other MD says, no clinical reason to stay. Thank you, Dr. Dowdy. Uh, But I think we're all on that same page now. I think we get that. Here's the quotes of my mom. A couple of of cutting lines from Joan Tracy before I like literally give them the like cut the neck motion and just like just end this call. I don't need to hear this bullshit. But she hears that full review that you just got. And she says, quote, David needed this. She said something about hidden behind strong opinions. That's all I wrote. Uh, But here's the quote I really remember. Because they say, you know, like, yeah, you know, your son's like uh, very resilient and, and we enjoyed working with him. And she says, yes, David's very resilient until recently he panicked. What the fuck does that mean? Resilient until recently, he panicked. Uh, I panicked. I panicked when the cops were in my apartment. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Anyway, hopefully that was entertaining. I mean, 
who gets this level of examination? Like, Iron Man doesn't get this kind of a evaluation. <laughs> um, imagine, imagine if you could get this kind of evaluation on, like, Tinder. That I will pay for. I will pay you $100 for this level of a breakdown. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there you have it. That's, that's the Sibsi Center. That's the diagnostic facility prescribed by the Tracys. Figure out what's going on. Why is Dave talking about his abuse as a kid? Is he crazy? Is he, is he on drugs? No. No. Uh, the other thing was my parents were very upset that they were okay with me going home after the 10 days. You know, I had signed the contract for seven, the, the 17 days. I think they did have a 17-day program if, because, like, it takes 10, and then you would stay there while potentially they work out your inpatient treatment. So there's, like, a week where, you know, you're still seeing therapists, but it's not the same. In, you know, it's just you're just there, and you're safe, and there's doctors and therapists while they work out where you're going. But I'm not prescribed to go to an inpatient. It's very clearly outlined that it's important that I would make that decision. And uh, my, my mom wouldn't buy me a, a ticket back. So my dad, he's broke and he's got medical issues and all this. And my dad had to buy me a ticket because I'm discharged. I'm out. I would have to re-enter the facility and sign up again. And then I'm back in Denver. Pick up my dog again or whatever. And uh, enter the new battle. None of this is about Corbin. None of it. And uh, the new battle is that I am not going along with what was prescribed. I actually am. I go back to Denver. I, I get a therapist, but... That is for the next episode, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.